0: Hello, and welcome to the second episode of Stories to Tell for When You Stay at Home. An offshoot of Stories to Tell in the Middle of the Night. I'm Francesca Milliken slater How are you all doing? I mean, I know you can't really answer that, but um, I mean it. (laughs) Answer it for yourself. (laughs) So it's something a little different this week this episode as I take you on a walk with a dog, including some field recording, which is uh, a new one for me. I'm kind of learning about it. The walk was done a couple of weeks ago, the week it rained and rained and rained. Now, This is a little more personal than you have previously got from me, as I tell small stories and try to find a sense of what I am missing the most. It's a little more similar to how I make my theatre shows, where I would talk to you live, to your face, maybe, uh, probably, with a PowerPoint. (laughs) Um, But now, I'm just in your ears. Hello. Hello. You will also get to hear my dog voice, which has been known to accidentally stop children in their tracks. Right now, on Monday the 11th of May 2020, the advice or the message in this country, just this country, or all of the four countries that make up the United Kingdom, is different to how it was when I took this walk a couple of weeks ago. Now, I don't know what be alert really means, but stay safe. Keep looking after each other. Stay two metres apart. Be kind and aware of other people. Give them space. This is a journey of just about 42 minutes as you walk with me to find a Birmingham sea. I'll explain on the way. There are some squares, but it doesn't get sexy. So uh, sorry about that. It's 42 minutes, a one-off. So there's your sleep timer if my voice helps you find your sleep. Or maybe it's enough time to do the washing up if you've left a really big pile of it as I am prone to doing, or maybe take me on your own walk and me and you will walk together. So pause it now, get yourself sorted and come back. And for those of you who can't get out, this is for you. For those of you who wish you had a dog, (laughs) this is for you. And for those of you missing getting in water, this is for you. I'm gonna take you on a walk to the Midland Sea. The dog is already pissed off at me as he's had his morning feed but not his proper walk. I, we, me and the man that I live with, A, acquired this dog sort of by accident he's an aged old retired sniffer dog black lab 11 when we got him 12 or 13 now we don't know when his birthday is we got him because I imagine a slow smallish dog living quietly out his last days for a maximum of two years before he died but A had already signed the papers when I saw him the dog for the first time. Massive, slobbering, huge head, panting breath with the energy of a dog half his age. He can look like a hole in the landscape. I wanted a cat. I'm getting my stuff together, bag, keys, bottle of water, and he, the dog, is following me about, breath coming in waves, drawing in and out through nose and mouth, warm and moist on the back of my thighs, the sound of the seashore. Perhaps I'm looking for it. His snore is water rushing over pebbles and bones, rasping in and out, lapping. His breath smells of fish. But we feed him dry food that's supposed to be a derivative of beef. Sometimes I believe he's swallowed the sea and bought it all to me. In Birmingham. Salty sea dog, Although... When we first got him, apparently he'd never seen the sea. He's a midland bound and bred dog. And the first time he did see the sea, he did try to swallow it all. This dog loves water, jumps higher and runs further than his old legs should carry him to get himself in it. He is me. When I see water, I can get in swimming, stripping off and pulling on costumes, or not, before the others with me have a chance to even settle down. Always the first one in. Always the last one out of water. The dog is tripping me over with his heavy weight of excitement, breathing in my face while I do up laces. Ah, that breath. He is a snuffle truffle shit-eater. He loves his poo. Cat shit, ideally partially frozen in the morning, are his delicacy. Maybe that's why he smells of the sea. Because cats eat fish. (laughs) Out the door. The dog trotting along. Claws on pavement. Pissing on piss. He smells. Looking for new poo to eat. Trot trot. I... I am a swimmer. I am a swimmer. That title comes easier to me than anything else I could name myself. I am heavy footed, lumbered, clumsy on dry land, prone to falling over, breaking things accidentally, but put me in water and I am graceful. I can spin and turn and glide. There are moments I've thought I could breathe underwater. From falling in ponds or being thrown into fast-moving rivers as a child, that's my brother, thank you, brother, you put me near water and I will try and get in it. Not now. Not currently. The call of gulls (laughs) has been sending waves of want for the sea to me since I moved to Birmingham, the Midlands, at the end of 2012. Now normally I combat my desire for cold and salty water in chlorine and wet tiles, river swims and reservoirs in the warmer months. There's been holidays and three hour train trips that meant I could go and get in the sea. Not now. Not currently. The pools are shut, rightly so. Travel to river swims is not an essential journey. Swimmers of the Midlands are grounded, run aground. I see feeds in pictures of old swims past. I get messages about wanting to jump into water when all of this is over. Talk of water. I listen to new songs written about running to the sea. Worse things happen at sea. I used to tell myself that. But far worse things are happening now than being landlocked. The gulls are a haunting, a siren song, mm. one that today I'm going to seek out. In times of trouble, I run to water puddles, ponds, lakes, rivers, streams, municipal fountains, but ultimately, it is the sea I seek. Which is obviously why I moved to the Midlands, Birmingham. 130 miles west to the coast in Wales, 186 miles east to the beach at Southwold or Lowestoft, where the sun sets last in this country. But I love this place, Birmingham. Landlocked as it is. And it's been piercing it down now in Birmingham. It's a steady spitting now, like that proper wet rain. The glorious weather of the last week or so, broken by the downpour. Thirsty gardens, quenching dust, returning to mud. Wellies weather again. Except that I've put on some cheap running trainers. This is gonna end in damp feet. Wait. Above my desk are cards and pictures always the sea sent to me an art deco picture of a woman swimming a shameless marketing phrase for a welsh salt producer the cure for anything is salt water sweat tears or the sea now i know (laughs) I know it's just selling me expensive salt and actually I think I paid for that postcard so I have paid to advertise for them but it feels true, has felt true. Cure is a strong word though now. Release. Perhaps that's better. The sea makes my heart beat like seeing an old lover makes my stomach contract like meeting a new one. Maybe that's why I don't live nearer, nearer to the sea. I don't want to get used to her. I don't want to take the sea for granted. So like we all are, I am improvising with what we have got. I'm going to find the feeling of the sea while landlocked, run aground, locked down in the Midlands. I'm taking the dog along the Birmingham and Worcester Canal to seek out those birds that speak of the sea. Yeah. I'm walking to the tip where the seagulls hang out just to hear them shout. Aww. Now, I've not been on the canal since all of this started, and I'm thinking that it's been transformed, like the canals of Venice, because here in Brom, if you didn't know, we've got more canals than Venice. The mantra goes in conversations on tea towels and t-shirts and the waters. I think the waters will be clean, crystal clear, and I will be able to see the bottom. I have never felt so far away from the sea. I can almost count it, do my own drone shot out of the city, over the fields, into the hills and mountains. I'm heading outwards to Wales, and right now I'd cut off Wales if I could run in minutes to the sea. But that's not sensible. I love Wales. And A, the man that I live with, is Welsh. Shit. On the road that bridges over the canal is parked a police van, an ambulance and a couple of squad cars, lights blinking, ominous. It's not unusual to see this here, where I live, almost a regular occurrence, but like the sounds of sirens seeming more frequent at the moment, it's unclear if the blue lights are present more often, or that the sight carries its weight more heavy and we are just maybe noticing it more. Perhaps it's both. And I've heard this kind of thing more than once from different people on the radio, in messages, on video calls, that the sound of sirens seems louder because the roads are quieter, because they are more frequent. And I wonder if there are more collective thoughts now? The police and paramedics are getting on in masks and gloves and needs. I try to nod. I do not stare. The dog doesn't care. He's eager to get down onto the path and off the lead. I look over the bridge down to the water of the canal and it is not clear. I cannot see the bottom. It is stiller though. Greener, perhaps more inviting. I'm not going to swim in the canal. I'm not that desperate. Yet. Once, when working at a canal museum, I joked about swimming in the waters next door and was promptly given my own laminated card on wheels disease. wheels disease? Wheels disease. Rat piss, that can kill. The dog is pulling me down the steep canal steps, 24 in total, past old faded air-dried flowers halfway down the stairs left for a man that died here before all this started. And I think about that grief. That grief that still exists and continues that has been swallowed by this mass. And I wonder where there is space for all that to breathe forget-me-nots, bluebells, white bluebells, white bells, cornflowers, the give and take of nettles and dock leaves lying alongside the water. It's unusual to see. It's usually cut back by the canal and river trust workers or council workers that do it. And maybe that's why the river is not a river. It's not a river. It's a canal. Man-made. Maybe that's why the canal looks so green. Is it a myth that the dock leaf cure for stinging? Because I've got childhood fingers turned green from that belief, but you risk rubbing dog urine on you in these parts. Dog off the lead in his heavy breath and excited bounce, sniff, sniff, trot, trot. No, Rusco, no. N- this way. It is a hunger. A swallow, the moment before, a bite, the want to see, to hear, to be in water, it hurts, seeing my costumes, goggles, inert, unused lycra bringing salt water from my own body up into my eyes, (sighs) I live in fantasies of past swims, hold my breath, underbath bubbles, run it too deep to try to float, But the bath in a 1980s built house is not quite big enough for me to be buoyed up by. Take unheated showers, hoping that the small moment of spraying water takes my breath away, like throwing yourself into cold, unknown waters, I scream, headache, shout out in pain and shock and pleasure at that very present moment of immersion. Breath taken, eyes blurred, hearing muffled, cold to the bone, shouting Fuck as you come to the surface. To the disappointment of a family on the beach or a riverside picnic, I feel my heart beat. Little bubbles of oxygen from fish that swim in the canal's depths pop up. I reckon that is definitely more fish breath than usual. And anyway, if the canal had become crystal clear like Venice, I'd have just been able to see shopping trolleys and bikes, knives and knuckle dusters, true. Once I saw a kid throw knuckle dusters over a bridge aiming for the canal fridges, I've seen family dredging days out here along the canal, collecting. Now, Birmingham has a reputation amongst the boaters for kids throwing bricks and robberies on board. Some dismiss these myths, all part of the bad ads that make up people's perception of my chosen home city that it does little to defend. Because I like the Birmingham way, Beth. Let them get on with it. I'm thinking that perhaps walking along a towpath with the dog is not the brightest way to find the Midland Sea. I kind of thought it would be quieter than this on the path. A damp, overcast Wednesday. I think everyone thought that today. A not uncommon reaction in the lockdown. Surprised to see people where you want to go. But I'm staying away from the other joggers and dog walkers, people out with their kids, staying the length of a Peter Crouch away. Six foot, I have been reliably informed. Well, I'll tell you what, there is definitely more unpicked up dog shit than usual, so perhaps the canal is more popular. As I struggle to discern which one of the dog shits is a freshly produced poo from my own dog, I pick it all up in that smug swing of a dog walker's poo bag. It's the warmth that really gets me. The warmth from inside of his body, now out, slowly cooling down. It was not love at first sight for me. The dog, running ahead, cocking leg, paw paws at the push-off of the canal. No, Roscoe, no. I'm walking under Handjob Bridge. Handjob Bridge is really just a pipe that goes overhead where I once saw a couple of teenagers, well, one getting a handjob from the other. Uh, They probably go to or went to the college around the way. I felt quite embarrassed stumbling upon this intimate act and I, I tried to make myself known, you know, louder footsteps because I could see them before they could see me. It's taken me a while, the dog, to kind of give it up, really like him, love him. Because I knew he loved me like a one-night stand that had stayed the day after that night before. Not physically, right? Like, metaphorically. Let's not get into that urban legend of Ricky Martin in the closet with a film crew and the girl, the Alsatian and the packet of pate. Look it up. Or don't. The dog enjoys me with a temporary lover's affection, enthusiastic while it lasts, easily transferable to others. And when he looks at me that way, big eyes, ears, forward, mouth, down, turned. It's not love, but desire for food, usually, warmth, sometimes reassurance, often. Anyway. Right now, I am glad of his company, the dog. Past two (laughs) ducks that he raises his head at, they stand their ground before flapping into water at that last moment. They've clearly been after being fed thugs that they are. There's talk on the radio in circles of birds becoming braver, more apparent at the moment. Another one of our collective thoughts, maybe. More birdsong, less human noise. You can hear it now. Less human movements so that the birds creep up into the spaces that we have claimed as ours. New birders recognizing the songs in apps. Robins are a particular feature. Aggressive little birds, as my mum always says. Robins were voted the nation's favourite bird, symbol of the country, another thing, item we claim as British. But Robins are from here as well as from Poland, Scandinavia, Russia, other places, holidaying here for the winter sun, making up our ecosystem and delighting us with their song. Well, the female British robins have been known to fly to Spain for a little bit of a continental holiday. Listen, I've been watching a lot of escape to the sun in lockdown. The things that 120k could get you in Spain, cash in 2019. The birds are encroaching on us. They've been doing it for years. They adapt, throw back to their raptor lives. The gulls I am walking towards, we have drawn inland with our thrown away scraps, from towns and cities along river banks, they followed our human way, swapping out, swooping out of the trawler's wake as the fish stocks of the sea began to deplete, up the seven they flew and her tributaries to the Avon along the canals away from the sea a hundred years or fifty at least ago, following the waterways to find their own cliffs in high-rise buildings. Since industry began to build taller in the Midlands, look at our city line in Birmingham. They lost their sea legs in homes, in high-rises, and so they became inland gulls. Shit! Bike whizzing past, air blowing through my hair, dog to one side. Could have used its bell. That little familiar rush of adrenaline anger at another's selfish act. This is why I'm not that active on Twitter. I don't want to waste my time on that, but a little real life rage, wow, it's hard to come by these days, takes me right back to the pool, swimming pool lane rage, that little pleasure of mine. Two slow swimmers taking up the fast lane. It's the men in their tidy little shorts. Slower pace than me, not allowing me, big boned, thick skin to swim past. Yeah, I'm faster than you, mate. <laughs> I wasn't even trying. <laughs> I remember the last time I swam. I knew it was the last time I would be able to. I had a feeling in the way that the pound hit the slot of the locker. I was still recovering from a break in my body, a slip on water, on untreated decking, a bone cracked and dislodged, a metal plate put in, a two inch scar on the inside of my right wrist. So I was still waddling on my feet on wet tiles, still terrified that I could slip, until I slip into the water and streamline myself into movement. Yes, to move. One arm over, then the other. Breathe in, pace in, breathe out, four strokes. Breathe in, face in, breathe out, four strokes. Breathe in, face in, breathe out, four strokes. Breathe in, breathe in, face in, breathe out. Oxygen and bubbles, the legs of a swimmer in front, the slow moving outward kick, my breath changes as I push past, sorry if you are more of a breaststroke kind of person, dipping your head in gracefully as you move along, legs kicking outwards. Mm -hmm. It's a smoother rhythm. Water falling over your skin. Breathe in and out. Breathe in Freedom in moving in water, incomplete, giving body, your body, to that element, even if that element is a park council run pool in chlorine and whistles, the lighted squeal of children, morning meet and greets to bob around in laughter in the shallow end. Our bodies behaving differently than they do in air, on like ground. It. And even in that enclosure of those tiles, they are here, here are our bodies, different bodies and different shapes, moving in different ways, all held up by water. Didn't want to get out the stinging eyes, stink of chemicals. It was Friday, probably a Friday fish and chip day. I keep thinking about the still waters of my local pool. The empty changing rooms. On we carry, stopping to widen paths and nod at people. Like we do now. Searching for eye contact. The dog sniffs on, trots on. Little snippets of conversation. Are you furloughed? I am. Cheers, bab. And that's then it for the mortgage. Oh, all he wants to do is get covered (laughs) in (laughs) mud from an old man to (laughs) to the dog. The dog just wants to get in the water. There is a culvert, or an overflow of running water into the canal that the dog thinks is a reason for him to get in. The sound is a call, I understand. Uh, Mate, no. The dog goes back to his shit-snuffle-truffle hunt. I watch weeds do their dance in the current. Think of my hair when I take it out underwater, tumble, turning. The last sea I swam in was in January this year, so far away now. It was warm waters, not the cold tides of these island's shores. It was the first sea I swam in following that injury, that break. So I pushed myself far out into the Mediterranean, clear, sharp, blue tourist spot, as I swam around and in old rocks that tell stories of ancient love and lust. I should be 15 years younger now, according to Aphrodite. Too deep to touch the bottom, far out from clicking cameras. I'm still trying to ruin their perfect shots. Felt that small exhilarating fear as little waves crashed over rocks. And I dived, eyes open, muffled. Fishes dashing in and out. A a car tire? between some coral, I was salt and water and depth, wide chest for that time. It's almost an inland kind of sea, the med, the histories and the trauma. When I did get out, having disappeared behind rocks for an hour or more shivering in light rain dripping on other tourists I complained that it wasn't actually cold enough for me to A and his rolling eyes a woman and two kids are walking the length of the canal and on a bridge the kids start to run towards a jogger going the opposite way to them this isn't social distancing (laughs) dads the family out but separate on their daily exercise and that salt water rises in my eyes. The cold showers are not working and the immersion therapy of baths restricts my movements and A is quite sensibly monitoring the level of the water and the frequency and cost of those baths. I sit in them until my fingers wrinkle. And he should have known when he found my gills, scaled skin, when I made him drive me an hour and 40 minutes to a reservoir on our second meeting four years ago in April, and I stayed in far too long, showboating. I was showing off. He was asked by some kids who were watching if I was training for something, and he shrugged, don't know. I've only met her twice he's not from birmingham so i don't know why i did that accent <laughs> um if you can do a north Walian accent please let me know swimming in that reservoir was the closest i've ever come to hypothermia he put on the heated seats in his car and i thought i would pissed myself i walk up onto the bridge onto the road and see the gates, to the tip, which are usually lined with cars waiting to get in, Mercian skip hire signs that Midlands try, but the tip is shut at the moment. Uh, the level of fly tipping has increased in the lanes and the parks near where I live. Barbecues, an Alfa Romeo car left abandoned, sacks of fertilizer, uh, prosecco glasses an eight-foot smashed in mirror that's bigger than Peter Crouch and I found a pristine Sunday sport from 2002 collector's item front page Kelly Brook in low-cut top and outrageous headline full mammary glands were available to view a couple of pages on ah, 2002 I love a trip to the tip, not as much as A does actually, the tip was where we went on our third day, got rid of the stuff that I'd been keeping just in case now this is a tip that decorates its drive with discarded teddy bears and plastic children's toys. not unusual, I don't think in tips around the country, having watched quite a lot of those upcycling programs. <coughs> anyway in our tip there are smurfs the people who work there put in comedy displays christmas nativities made from no longer wanted toys so they become these sacred items new lease of life outside to greet the people that are throwing more stuff away i don't think i can quite hear the gulls can i don't you dare so i am walking down the bridge to the water i am walking along the canal to the back of the tip and the dog is trying to chase geese canadian ones you know those zombie masses and there they are the gulls Whirl winding round in spiral slow moving tornado, spirited over the things that we have thrown away to fly in liquid like they fly in the air, and they are swirling around the rubbish. They are enormous. Shadows overhead, dancing black tips of wings, pink legs, yellow legs, grey soft down of feathers. Wings span five times the span of a man's hand, though not longer than Peter Crouch if he was lying down. I think of an albatross I saw pinned behind the glass in a horror show small museum by the sea. It was not supposed to be horror. That massive bird. Bad luck to sailors. But albatrosses survive better in stormy weather. Albatrosses coast along in rough winds and storms. The dog does not know why we've stopped. He's not aware of my search for the sea. He's panting. The nodding people move past as they stare at me, staring at gulls over a tip on the side of a canal. I'm tipping my toes over the towpath to the water, and they are calling the birds. I am on a beat. Sand in my toes, about to get in cold water, high grey waves, screaming fuck at the immersion and the smell hits. That sweet and sticky smell of bin juice and ends, human waste that itself comes in waves. Seagulls. Seagulls. Land gulls, gulls. They don't even know they are fish and chips and sand in toes and melted ice creams. They are lesser spotted blackbacks. Herring gulls, probably. They're the ones you might recognize of the sea. 60 centimeter wingspan shading over that melted ice cream tie down your chihuahua make sure your toddler's tethered I think my big old Labrador will be okay he's still trying to harass them geese bully boy gulls work in groups, social groups to bomb and scare away from chicks or food or territory and that little red Dot on the beak has always seemed to me to be a threat of blood. The long-held stain of former violence passed on from gull to gull as if it were a species tear tattoo. Ancient folklore says the ones they killed off to become the remained retainer of the species. Actually, only three of the better-known gulls have that dot. The theory goes, after some experiments and debate, yellow sticks with red dots, a noble prize and some disbelief, that the dot is a visual aid, a point for chicks to tap on beaks and get the parent to open up, cough it up, (coughs) male and female. The gulls are co-parents and co-incubators of eggs. And I think of a city girl that has never seen the sea, though we, I, see the sea and hear the sea and their cool water in us, reacting to the water outside us, even if it's just non-tidal, dirty canal water. Hmm. I've probably been to the sea more than them and I wonder if their salt ducts in their beaks have adapted. They have one so they can siphon off salt and make seawater pure for them to drink. And I wonder if those ducts filter out wheels disease, rat piss and discarded knuckle dusters. And now we complain about them, vermin, stealing our food, they are scavengers, they are finding food where they can, they are intelligent chances. They train their own chicks. That call, that chorus of gulls, is them cheering the chicks on. They charm worms from the ground with stamping dances. They throw breadcrumb trails for fish and skim them up from the surface. They make their own way into the city to find food when it has become scarce. They followed our trail of the thrown away. Entrails in buckets of other animals, vats of curry they fall in, true story, that, the yellow gull that smelt of vindaloo. They get drunk on our empty bottles from pubs and bars and die from the excess. Old stories told by the coast, the gulls are the souls of old fishermen lost wheeling upward slow tornado are these the souls of Brummies lost? Fishermen from the locks people getting on with their jobs bus drivers and care workers I wanted to feel myself float Immersion muffling out. I wanted to dive down and come back up. I wanted a horizon, an expanse. I wanted not to see the distance. I want sun bouncing off waves. Rings of salt clinging to my ankles. Being near water I can't get in hurts. Mainly in some way at the back of my throat as my jaw tenses and I know I am not meant for dry land. On dry land I stamp and I fall and I'm heavy and I trip. I leave imprints, the space my body takes up. I've been known to leave pools of water behind me, which I do. Sometimes when I don't dry my hair and I let it drip dry on buses home from the swimming pool those days when we could get on buses. When I am water, I am graceful. I can flip and slip and slide and in and out. I am at home. I take a different turn on the way back. Into green space, away from the water, Come on. there are Gap. dog walkers carefully distance the dog trying his Labrador lead leader of fucking off if he sees a proper dog Sit. person, gilet or sensible Sit. coat with Sit. treats. He'd leave Sit. me for that. Sit. That's his type. And they think he's handsome, beautiful. I think he just looks like every other Labrador. And he's got himself so excited by a new place to run that he has a strip of spittle running across his nose. He's frothing at the mouth. Not so handsome now. A is glad of the dog's company to me. His working is still key. He's on nights, days, shifts. He's glad that I am seeing other human bodies from afar in dog walkers. Peter Crouch away or more, shouting, how you doing? You okay? Oh, to be a dog. They don't know what's going on, do they? I call the dog back with treats. I am glad of him. Smelling of the sea. We are on the other side of the canal that I didn't know you could get to. Funny. These explorations, that push at our known boundaries when we are limited by where we can walk to and I see him, the dog, I see him stop, pause, ears prick up and then he starts running and I am shouting in vain running and I know there is no stopping him he's running I know this run I know this lack of response there is part of me in him over the virgin into water a small mass of splash as his body enters into wet depth a yelp of joy in his four paddling feet a, a woman with a buggy from the other side looks away hurriedly at this disturbance, this hole in the landscape. The dog is swimming up towards an old lock, dribbling, breathing heavy, full-body immersion. He bastard. <laughs> at least he got his swim. Take yourself, He paddles about, crawls gracelessly up the bank, hesitates, looking back into the water. First one, only one in, last one, only one out. We both walk back, wet. Him from the canal and me from the rain as the skies throw down water. (laughs) Thank you for listening um, to a walk to find the Midland Sea. Now, I was reliably informed yesterday that on that walk I managed to actually miss seeing a pretty big reservoir in between the houses, so... If I'd have got there, maybe it'd have felt more like the sea. Absolutely not appropriate to swim in, though, just to be clear. The song that I was listening to about running to the sea is When I Close My Eyes by Katie Rose Bennett. Search for that and it will come up. That's When I Close My Eyes by Katie Rose Bennett. She is a brilliant musician recording beautiful songs that you can sing along to as well. Hi, Katie. That's Katie Rose Bennett. You can find more episodes at stories to tell in the middle of the The first episode that I recorded for stories to tell when you stay at home and the previous series where you can listen to different stories. You can find out more about me at francescamillicanslater.co.uk and you can contact me on Twitter at Fran Millican S or at Middle Night Tail. Um, and I'll be putting some pictures up of the walk on Instagram at Fran Millikan S and at Middle Night Tail. Uh, so if you want to see what the dog looks like to accompany his sound, yeah, he'll be there. This series has been supported by new podcast producing company, She Wants a Dog, led by my long-term producer, Pippa Frith, who has a dog, and Kate Chapman, who wants a dog. So I hope that this journey has gone some way to imagining one for you, Kate. You can find out more about their brilliant work at She Wants a Dog. Thank you for listening. Stay safe.